This week's episode is sponsored by DungeonNotebook.com, makers of the Tome of Delving, a hardcover notebook for tracking your 5th edition character as well as their inventory, their spells, their wild shapes, all the things, plus the adventure itself. Mm-hmm. Allie and I are using it right now for our Tyranny of Dragons characters, and we're loving it. Oh yeah, I'm, in, I'm really in love with the idea that I don't have 13 papers shuffled around. It's just all in one book. <laughs> I don't have a character sheet plus a notebook. They're all together mm-hmm. and it works really well and it's very pretty and well done and oh, yeah. the way it's put together. It's hardcover. Yeah, that's the thing I love. <laughs> I love this hardcover. Um, so yeah, we highly recommend this thing. You should go check it out. Uh, and to celebrate our first sponsorship, uh, you can get a discount by using the code DC5 at checkout to get $5 off your order from now until February 29th. So head on over to DungeonNotebook.com and pick up your Tome of Delving today. What's up and welcome to Difficulty Class, a podcast about all things Dungeons and Dragons. I'm one of your hosts, Allie Deichman, and with me this week is... Trevor Bettis. That's right, and this week we will be talking about the Unearthed Arcana that just came out and play a romance, as well as answering some listener questions at the end. Hey, Trevor, how are your games this week? They were good, and I'm Ooh. excited. Ooh. Well, okay, the, the the actual game that I played, we were idiots. <laughs> <laughs> we The only game that we got to play this week, or that I got to play, was um, uh, the, the, the Tyranny of Dragons. Mm-hmm. Words, hard. Yeah. Also, my, my head's all clogged from uh, allergies, so Tis that's, the season. Also, that's also why I'm sounding the way I do. Um, yeah, no, we uh, we were like, oh, last game, we're freaking heroes. In this game, we were freaking idiots. Well, right. like, I, I felt like we weren't necessarily idiots. I just felt like we came in there unprepared or not necessarily in the right mindset. That, that's, that's what I mean. Yeah. Yeah, like, I should have Eldritch Blast as we were running at those people. We should have done some healing beforehand. We should have probably not walked into that barn. <laughs> it was it was just like one thing after the we were just getting like, oh okay, I, let's just yeah. hope they roll low. Yeah. And we 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 got our butts handed to us. It was it was a it was a humbling session. Oh yeah, it was really good though. It was really good. It was really good. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, Spencer did say did voice his problems with the book which are rightfully so <laughs> which we talked about in tyranny of dragons yeah. review i was gonna say for context we we played tyranny of dragons yeah. we were still in greenest in the very beginning yeah <laughs> and uh and so yeah that like it, it, was, it was fun i had a lot of fun mm-hmm. um and then uh before that though i did my session zero for descent into a i am so excited to hear about this one because i just i i know little bits about it <laughs> um it's so i'm doing a completely different opening mm-hmm. to the to the game than what the book has i'm not going to really say what i'm doing because this episode goes out the day we're going to play and i don't <laughs> know if any of them listen to it right <laughs> but i don't want to spoil them but um the, the, i'll give you the the jumping off point that mm-hmm. there so in descent to avernus the way it's written you are in boulders gate and you're just pulled into the burning fists you are just contracted into them you're like conscription yeah conscription that's that was the word i was looking for thank you and um you are put under the control of an asshole yep who will literally kill you if you don't do what he says (laughs) yeah and it's like all right cool i guess maybe uh i didn't like it i i already did a game where my players were conscripted into something and it was pirates and i hated it and so i didn't want to repeat that so the premise is Suicide Squad. Yes. 
they are all they're not the super villains. We talked about doing that, but they were like, I don't feel like we could role play that well. So what we decided on is they are good intentioned people who took something too far. Mm. So like um, Vivian is playing someone who is like, I want to like try and like feed this village, but use like dark magic and swarm spells <laughs> and ended up just looking like a massive villain. Yeah. Um, the bard, I mean, the bard is, is a bad guy cause he, he was an assassin and everything. And he, he, what was it? He assassinated or he attempted to assassinate someone, but then ended up looking like he was that dude and then got arrested for all of the crimes that that guy was, <laughs> uh, had done. Oh, um, okay. <laughs> so yeah, there, there, there's stuff like that where they're still bad guys, but they're not like the worst of the worst. Yeah. And, um, so they're in a prison in, uh, Eltrail. Oh, okay. So bad stuff's going to happen there. Yeah. And, um, then they're gonna, you know, join forces and kick some demon butt. I'm excited to hear more about that. <laughs> and then my Skype group of uh, the Golden Pals is tonight. <laughs> so I wrote... <laughs> I realized that they, you know, without spoilers, they might just teleport out of where they are right now. Mm -hmm. Which would then make everything that I planned for today. I had this realization in the shower after planning out the entire <laughs> session. And I went, what if they just teleported? <laughs> ah. Okay, so what I wrote down was... If they teleport, this group of gnomes that is with them, that is the, the pilots of the airship, they're not going to go. And I wrote, if they just teleport away, uh, the gnomes free the dragon, take the castle, and then go off and have their own adventures. <laughs> so, they'll be fun. How are your games? They were they were pretty good. Um, like I mentioned last week, um, I didn't DM on Wednesday. Uh, my good friend Marcos did. And he actually, it was, it was a good time. Um, so... He had this clever concept of essentially, we're playing D&D, but we don't have our character sheets. And we're waking up and we have no memory of who we are and what we are. And so it's an amnesia episode. Okay. Um, so we're like, okay, you're, 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 you're an elf person. It's like, okay, okay. It's like, and you're, are you kind of, you're, you're kind of big looking. It's like, oh, okay, I'm going to pick up this sword. Okay. I'm like, I'm going to play it safe and wear light armor. <laughs> and so we go through this castle trying to figure out like what's happening. And so we go and we find certain clues and we find an armory. And so we kind of like arm ourselves up as much as we think we could. And like, and we move forward. It's like, dude, you're lagging with that heavy armor. He's like, I guess I'm not used to this. And so he goes back <laughs> and takes it off. Um, and we get into a fight not knowing any of our numbers or anything. And so we're just rolling dice and Marcos tells us if we hit or don't. And so it's like we're piecing it together slowly. And I'm like that in there with a really long fun. sword. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. I'm in there with a long sword and I'm like, I'm rolling this. And he's like, you're missing. And I'm like, what the fuck is happening? And then I realized I have a negative one strength. That's what's happening. <laughs> and so it's like eventually uh thanks to initiative i found out like ben and my deck scores were the same i'm like oh okay cool 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 so i'm like okay so maybe i'm i'm not dex based i have no strength i'm a spellcaster <laughs> but with no decks and so we were kind of going through and eventually through plot reasons if you found a simulacrum of yourself and you took a bite out of it quite literally 
you regained your memories. <laughs> it's a moss that erases your memories kind of thing and absorbs uh, okay. it. Yeah, the, the listeners couldn't see the, the expression I just had <laughs> on my face. Take a bite of your simulacrum. Yeah, so the simul- so it's, it's simulacrum in quotes. It's more just like a moss plant creature that is okay. you. Okay. Um, because this wizard uh, had created the or like essentially grew this moss to be able to take over like a good chunk of the world and so he's been doing a lot of experiments and what was really cool is learning your backstory as soon as you got your page because ben got his backstory he's like oh i'm a trickster cleric of of um oh god what's the what's the tamora Mm -hmm. and then like eric was uh his good friend barbarian who like is also of um What's the one where it's the barbarian of oh, a god or a zealot? There you go. He was okay. a barbarian cool. zealot of Tamora as well. And so they were really good friends. Meanwhile, uh, the other two players, aside from me, was an elf and a kobold. The kobold, oh. we found out very early on, was a wizard. Love it. And we're like, what is going on with you, dude? The kobold and I bond over some uh, <laughs> uh, chewed meat. Um, I, I went insane a little bit. And so he offered me a hand. I ate a little bit of it. So it's a hand. All right. (laughs) Yeah. Um, and then Spencer's character, he was actually fighting off these moss army and the kobold armies with his other two party members who were also elves. One of them was killed by me. Oh, (laughs) cause I was actually the wizard's apprentice. And like, I looked over and I'm like, Oh God, I killed one of your players. And he kind of like, Spencer kind of looks over at Robert's character, who's a kobold. He's like, yeah, but he kind of got better. (laughs) They reincarnated this elf into a kobold. Oh, what the hell? But then he left him behind. And so me and the kobold, the the guy I killed, we're like best buds. We're like, hey, I'm sorry. He's like, yeah, you said you're sorry. You're fine. (laughs) This asshole, he left me behind. (laughs) And so we had like this really fun session of just learning who we were, both in game mechanics and who we were in role-playing as well and it was such a neat concept and so tomorrow when we play again we're going to be playing with these same characters um or different marcos gave us the option of saying yeah your character could be like leave yeah. if you don't actually want to play this cast so i'm like oh, okay that's fair but we talked it over and it's like yeah after a little bit of tweaking to make it more a character we personally would want to play because marcos is amazing but he made characters he really wanted to play <laughs> um so I'm I'm really excited to play that again tomorrow. Yeah, because this and, this is and a... Ben was in it. P- Puff and Force was in it. Yeah, <laughs> I hope he makes a video of that. That sounds amazing. <laughs> that sounds like straight grade A oh video my God. material. But yeah. I'm just a podcaster. I don't know about YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was a lot of fun. I'm excited about it. Any any other ones besides a uh, tyranny? No, it was literally just that one game. Hey, I know it's kind of crazy. Um, yeah, but tyranny of dragons was a lot of fun. It's always it's so fun going into that character. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Freaking abyss watcher. Yes. <laughs> like even though I literally only hit twice that entire session, we were rolling so bad. I still felt really good oh about my it. God. <laughs> That's why I just started doing toll of the dead because I'm like maybe you'll roll bad too. <laughs> Okay, well, let's move over into some broadsheets. Yeah. Uh, so first up, we've got uh, DM's Guild raised over 
$15,000 for the Australian brush fires. Hot damn. Hell yeah. If you're one of the people that went out uh, when we did the DMs Guild Spotlight for that and purchased one of those things that gave money to Australia, mm-hmm. thank you for that. That was fantastic. Oh, yeah. And they're doing good work over there. Definitely. Uh, let's see. Next up, we've got um, Archon the Cruel WizKids set. I know. And they looked pretty cool, yeah. too. Um, so uh, Joe Manganiello um, tweeted it out. And um, they look really good. Uh, the thing that I like, and I wish that they would do this more, is it's key characters for a campaign that you can just buy. Yeah. What a concept. You don't have to do any blind boxes. <laughs> you don't have to do any blind boxes. You don't got to do any of that. If you you don't like painting, you don't have to paint. Yep. If they're just there. I don't know why they don't do this more. <laughs> I know. And they look really cool. Like the, the Tyranny of Dragons. I have Tiamat. I'm looking at Tiamat right yes. over there. I fucking love that mini. Yes. Um. But I don't know why they haven't, like, why didn't they do that for Strahd or Storm uh, King's Thunder? Storm King's Thunder. Like, they did these blind boxes, and I under, I, no, I don't, I don't really get why they do the blind boxes because it just gets annoying. It's like, hey, look, here's a mini my players are never going to see. And how much are the blind boxes? They're like 10 bucks or something like that? How much are they? They're like $16. And then the uh, Storm King's Thunder ones were. 24 yikes because they were the large size ones yeah i'd rather just purchase them like like even if they were my that own. price i would just i'd be like cool yeah i'll, I'll spend 16 dollars on hecaton but if but i get let like no i'm getting hecaton yeah if i get like dire wolves i'd be so disappointed <laughs> yeah funny story about that i did buy a storm king's thunder I one know. and it was a dire wolf <laughs> which is why i mentioned that. god damn you did, made me remember sadness <laughs> but yeah so there whiz kids is doing this set it's uh it's icons of the realm uh archon the cruel it has archon the minotaur dude kroll i love how i don't remember the minotaur dude's <laughs> name because he doesn't look nearly as cool as archon and kroll um and then uh, a couple demons i think he has like a a spine devil and yeah. an infinite looks, it looks really sweet. It looks really cool. And um, I retweeted Joe Mangello and he liked it and I lost my mind. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, next bit of news is rough. Ooh, yeah. So <laughs> I was uh, just on Twitter just browsing when all of a sudden I noticed several people were quite uh, upset about something that came up. It only happened for an hour mind you. Um, but the UA that we're going to be talking about today had l- been leaked. And by leaked, I mean Wizards recycled the same URL that they used for the previous UA and people just kind of guessed it. And so they shared it ahead of time. Uh, I'm not sure if they usually do that or what have you, but this time it was shared. The main reason why it was so uh, shared around is because of the cleric uh, option that came up. Essentially, it's the love domain. And generally, the whole thing is, like, pretty cool. And it has, like, some neat stuff about it. The only thing that people really didn't like at all was the channel divinity. Yeah. Yikes does not cover it. Yeah. It, <laughs> it, 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 it's, a, it's a big oof. It's called impulsive infatuation. Um, so you use your channel divinity to overwhelm a creature with intense admiration for you, driving them to rash action in your defense. That's not cool. No. (laughs) So everybody was saying this is not okay at all. And everyone was agreeing that this is not okay. And um, before 
long it was actually taken down. It was literally only barely an hour before the link got shut down. It was mm-hmm. changed over to the old UA. And the good news is that, obviously, it's not in there anymore. <laughs> it's totally different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it, it's it's worrisome that something like that got that far that it was typed out and put in and formatted yeah and so that's kind of what people are worried about right now too they're like how did this get that point because it's now i will say i don't i don't personally think this is what was going to go up that day yeah because the cleric domain that we got is very different from it Mm. and has a lot of thought obviously put into that one yeah so i think this is it it was definitely at one point going to be but i think someone pulled the plug on it and it made it to that point but it's still the fact that it made it to that point that is like how and on top of that pretty much every wizard's person was like refusing to say anything until the actual ua came out which basically meant no one talked about it. Yeah. Um, and I, to my knowledge, no one has talked about it. I know. That's what I mean. Like yeah. someone was trying to ask like, hey, just to clarify about the UA. And I think it was like they asked Jeremy Crawford about exactly. It was about the clockwork one. Yeah. Um, and he's like, yeah, the UA isn't officially out yet. So we're, we're not going to say anything until it's official release. Yeah. And that was the answer across like all boards. Yeah. When it came to anyone who was working in the the official wizards situation so i just it, it left a very poor sour taste in a lot of people's mouths and it i'm really glad it's not there anymore yeah no i'm i'm glad it didn't come out yeah but i do wish that they had handled it better oh yeah um and by handled it i mean acknowledged it in any way shape or form <laughs> yeah cuz like even if they had been like hey we didn't that that's fake we didn't make it like them not saying that is like okay so you guys did make it mm-hmm. by not acknowledging it at all you, you this full thing like no this isn't like a prank someone didn't just make this up you guys actually did this yeah and then you guys not talking about it makes it a little bit worse yeah and it's like <laughs> just say just come out and like you know just even if they just came in like hey we messed up it was a bad decision we'll do better just mm-hmm. that that's all you gotta say yeah. that's it just do that and don't get me wrong that's all you got to say for me. I know there's people on Twitter who's like, that's not good enough. And, you know, they'll get their pitchforks and stuff, but they already had them. Yeah. Um, and it's, I don't know. It's a mess. Something that I noticed particularly while, while I was on Twitter was that people weren't necessarily directing it at Wizards, like, personally. They were just talking about it and sharing it. They weren't, like, saying, Wizards, oh. you need to fix this. Oh, no, I saw it. You did? Oh, okay. yeah, no, I saw a lot of people yeah. doing that. Uh, saying that like they had to make amends for it and everything mm. and and don't get me wrong it is it's bad yeah. like having just kind of for me even having the concept of a love domain like i told my wife about it while we were out that day and i started off with like so in the league there's a love domain for the cleric and she just goes no yeah like even before i got anywhere she's like no so, like, the, you got to, like, walk a line here because if you talk about love as in, like, platonic, like, I'm going to watch over you kind of mm-hmm. love, it's like, yeah, okay, cool. Because that's kind of what the rest of the subclass was. Yeah. It was about those personal bonds that you created with your friends and how you can save them. And then all of a sudden it was, no, I'm forcing you to love me so you can attack your friends for yeah. me. Which is really, <laughs> we talked last week about the Radiant Idol. It yeah. sounds like the freaking Radiant Idol. Yeah. 
that's oh my god yeah it totally yeah. is and people started talking about how like oh but then command and then there's illusion like those kind of and charm person spells mm -hmm. it's like what's the difference there it's like well the difference is that it's not directing at infatuation yeah, personally it, it, it's not under the umbrella of love me it's yeah. just drop your sword yeah <laughs> so <laughs> so yeah that happened it was very disappointing to see mm -hmm. it and to see how it was handled but hopefully wizards is going to do better from now on yeah so we're gonna we're gonna move on from there mm -hmm. um some good stuff Dungeon Keeping. Yeah. We got a special episode coming up next week. I am so excited. So um, I think we mentioned it some point somewhere, but Anthony Joyce is making a supplement for DMs Guild, uh, which is called Blood Hunter. And the premise is that uh, it is for one DM and one player, and that player is playing a fifth level Blood Hunter. Mm -hmm. And I talked to him. It can be with either the uh, old one or the new one. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Um, so... I got in contact with him. We talked a bit, and uh, we thought it'd be cool if we did a session of it for an episode. Oh yeah! So we're next week's episode is going to be us running through Blood Hunter by Anthony Joyce, mm -hmm. and you're going to be running it. Yeah, and I'm going to be playing. I'm so excited. The concept of a supplement, literally designed around a class, yeah. is such a cool one to me. Yeah. <laughs> And um, I'm I'm very excited to see how it is. We we haven't uh, gotten our copy as of recording yet, but I read Anthony's stuff in the past. Oh yeah, I know it's good. I'm very very excited. Mm -hmm. um, and Justice is doing editing and formatting. So yeah, <laughs> we got we got some good people working on this. Um, so if you have like any uh, thoughts or anything that you want to maybe contribute to that, maybe some ideas, uh, send them in difficultyclass at gmail .com. We'll take a look at them. Yeah. Maybe do it. Um, and, uh, I think it's gonna be a lot of fun. Oh yeah. And I mean, like if you have your own personal feelings towards the Bloodhunter class itself, go ahead and send those in and we can talk about it after we're done I, with the episode. I will be using the new one. Oh yeah. Yeah. I haven't had a chance to, um, to do it yet and it's going to be on D and D beyond by then. So I can use my phone. It'll be nice. <laughs> um, and yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm very excited. It's going to oh, be yes. cool. It's going to be real <laughs> cool. So yeah, that's going to, that's going to be next week. All right. Uh, now let's do some champion loot. Woo. Go get yourself a gold chest on us in Idle Champions. Go do it. Go do it. Get yourself some good stuff. <laughs> and then uh, when you get it, tweet it at us. Take mm -hmm. a screenshot. Send it to difficulty, or at Difficulty Class on Twitter, and uh, we'll, we'll retweet you. Um, all right. So it's, uh, this week's uh, code is I-S-N-A-H-Y-E-S-M-E-F-F. Go get yourself a gold chest, have some fun, get some champions, kick some butt. Don't sit on level 175 for a whole week like I did. <laughs> because your formation sucked and you didn't think about it. Okay, so we're moving on. Unearth Arcana. <laughs> Unearth Arcana came out. Yes, uh, a, a, a much better one than, yes. than what was leaked. <laughs> <laughs> so this is subclasses part Two for the 2020 reckoning. on Earth Arcana. Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> so once again, it's part two. So that is, again, we could assume there's going to be a part three, perhaps. And I know. I'm, I'm like, I'm excited to see these every time, but I'm growing more and more confused because I'm like, you already did some classes for everything <laughs> last year. It feels like they're making a whole nother player's handbook. I know. I'm like, what are you doing with this? I don't yeah. know what's happening. I want to know. <laughs> but um, so... 
This subclass uh, document pretty much options for the bard, cleric, and sorcerer. We're going to dive right into the bard. So at third level, like usual, they get the bardic college feature. Um, and this college is the College of Creation. Bards believe the multiverse was given existence through word and sound, esoteric harmonies that continue to resound through existence, the song of creation. The bards of this college draw on the ancient power through performances of dance, music, or song to bring into being what they need most. Members of this college might have developed their powers during experiences on other worlds or planes of existence. Those who have seen the commonalities of multiple realities might have learned how to tap into truths most mortals glimpse only for a moment. That was a sentence. They're getting real flowery here. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Alternatively, the bard might find themselves out of step with their own home plane, reality, or time. Their connections to elsewhere allowing them to manipulate the space around them, regardless of where a bard draws their power from. Other performers might be drawn to them, either to learn their secrets or to put an end to their dangerous manipulation of the Song of Creation. All right, the beginning of this with the Song of Creation, I'm like, am I playing Anthem? (laughs) (coughs) It's so far, just based off that description, I'm getting a hard time imagining it. So basically what I'm seeing is that like it is someone who is creating so hard they're actually making the stuff become real ah. kind of like that uh those old like horror stories just like i found a magic typewriter and everything i wrote on it came true except you know for good yeah so... <laughs> or evil they said at the last sentence I, I i actually now want to make a bard who just has a typewriter and like that's their <laughs> bard of creation uh, what, uh, what, what do you I do during combat i sit down and write uh let's see i got six seconds uh, 150 words uh. <laughs> that's actually that'd be really fast <laughs> <laughs> Um, so note of potential. So when they learn this college, um, they also get this feature. It's called the note of potential and you can manipulate the song of creation to summon a floating musical note of possibility. There are, uh, oh gosh, there's a lot to this one. Whenever you give a creature bardic inspiration, you can create a note of potential. This note orbits within five feet of the creature. The note is a tiny object that is intangible and invulnerable, and it lasts until the bardic inspiration die is lost. A creature with a note can use it in the following ways. Okay, so whoever you inspire can use this in the following ways. Note of destruction. Immediately after the creature rolls the bardic inspiration die to add it to an attack roll, the creature can expend the note to create a burst of sound. Each other creature within five feet of it makes a con saving throw against the bard's spell save DC, or take thunder damage equal to the number rolled on the bardic inspiration die. So it's can go up to a d12 of damage. Yeah. It concerns me that it says other creatures. Like, if you have more than one person, like an ally around you, it hits them too. Oh yeah, 100%. A friendly fire is on. Yeah. <laughs> Um, note of protection. Immediately after the creature rolls the bardic inspiration die and adds it to a saving throw, the creature can expend the note to gain temporary hit points equal to the number on the bardic inspiration die plus your charisma modifier, provided the creature doesn't already have temp hit points. Huh. Okay. I actually really like that. Yeah. Because that's actually pretty neat. We've been seeing a lot of stuff with, like, use the number rolled on the die thing. Mm-hmm. And I've been really enjoying that. Like, they've been doing that with superiority dice, too. Yeah. I like that. And the last one they have an option for, uh, when the creature rolls the bardic inspiration die to add it to an ability check, the creature can expend the note to roll the insp- bardic inspiration die again and choose which roll to use. It's called the note of ingenuity. Hmm. So essentially you can 
possibly get advantage on an ability check. So that's pretty neat. Because it's called Note of Ingenuity, for some reason I thought of MacGyver. I'm just like, you roll the Bardic Inspiration die and a toothpick, a safety pen, and a stick of gun show up. Hey! <laughs> um, so, I mean, like, that one's pretty neat. I like that the person you're inspired has that option to choose from it. Yeah. This kind of has the same feel as the second version of the Artificer UA. Yeah. With that floaty like thing that the ai yeah artificer where it was like eh. that's the one that my sister was using and we never really got it to work right yeah it, she, it was... she used its ability once and even then it was like okay yeah yeah because uh spencer really only got to use that version of the artificer during the main boss fight of storm king's thunder and it was like it was all right yep yep <laughs> um but Moving on to sixth level feature, it's called Animating Performance. Your mastery over the song of creation allows you to magically bring items to life. As an action, you can target a large or smaller non-magical item within 30 feet of you and animate it. The animate item uses the dancing item stat block and is under your control for one hour or until it is reduced to zero hit points. I'm only assuming the dancing item stat block is in the UA here. Uh, yes, it yes, is. Yes, it is. Okay. Uh, armor class 16 hit points equal to dancer's item const uh, constitution modifier plus your charisma plus five times your level in this class. Uh, it's immune to poison, a bunch of good stuff. It's got endless walls. <laughs> That's a good Gundam show. Um, <laughs> immediately after the item makes a slam attack, it can take the dodge action as a bonus action. Um, and then it's got, um... Uh, immutable form so it can't be polymorphed or anything like that. oh and then the uh, actions is uh force empowered slam uh does 1d10 plus your charisma modifier damage mm -hmm. interesting okay so in but combat the item shares your initiative but it takes its turn immediately after yours it can move and use its reaction on its own but the only action it can take on its turn is the dodge action unless you use a bonus action to command it just like any other kind of companion situation um, when you use your bardic inspiration feature you can command which action your animated item takes as part of the same bonus action so you can give someone bardic inspiration and use your companion at the same time once okay. you animate an item with this feature you can't do so again until you finish a long rest or until you expend a spell slot a third level or higher to use this feature you can only have one item animated by this feature at a time. If you use this action and already have a dancing item, the first one immediately becomes inanimate. I have a joke in my head about this class, and I want to see if it is correct. So let's continue on to the next one before I say it. <laughs> right now, I'm getting major, like, uh, Beauty and the Beast witch vibes. You're almost there for me. Yeah. <laughs> let's go to let's go okay. level 14. <laughs> okay. So, performance of creation. It's the 14th level college feature. Your performance can manipulate the magic of creation, briefly transforming the world around you. As an action, you can create one non-magical item of your choice in an unoccupied space within 10 feet of you. Wow. The item must appear on a surface or in a liquid that can support it. The gold value of your item can't be more than 20 times your bard level. <laughs> it must be large or smaller. Tiny, glimmering, intangible notes float around it, and a creature can faintly hear music when touching it. For example, of items you can create, see all the basic equipment, essentially, in the player's handbook. The created item disappears at the end of your next turn. Oh, it's only for a turn. Unless you use your action to maintain it. Wow. Each time you use your action in this way, the item's duration is extended to the end of your next turn, up to a maximum of one minute. 
If you maintain the item for a full minute, it continues to exist for a number of hours equal to your bard level. Okay, there you go. So just make it before you go into combat. Yeah. <laughs> Once you create an item with this feature, you can't do so again until you finish a long rest or expend a spell slot of fifth level or higher. You can only have one item created by this feature at a time. If you use this action, the other one immediately yeah. vanishes. Your sorcerer Mickey from Fantasia. <gasps> Like yes. literally, oh my god, yeah, like that. Your sorcerer freaking Mickey, hundred percent. Yeah. Oh wow, now I want to make this bard. I, I want to be Mickey. <laughs> this like I don't know. This one I'm is sorry. Fantasia was like my favorite movie growing up. And... I I don't know what it, it's. Quick tangent. Fantasia did not click with me. <laughs> I liked Sorcerer Mickey, the weird demon dude. Everything else, I was like, what the fuck is this movie? Oh yeah, Why I love I, what, the flower horses. What is up with the dinosaurs? <laughs> why are we Why are we here? <laughs> and the sugar plum fairies and the ice water and the fountain. It. it was so cool. But no, 100%. You are right yeah. on. This is just Sorcerer Mickey. Yeah. To a T, except now it's wanna, a bard. Yeah, I'm going to make a gnome <laughs> with big ears. With big ears. <laughs> and he's going to talk like this. Oh, my God. You totally could. <laughs> that would be the worst fucking character. <laughs> you totally could, though. This is exactly Sorcerer Mickey. Oh, my God. Okay. Um, <laughs> Carrying on. The next is the cleric. Um, and it is the unity domain. And is way less creepy. Yeah. Remember, so... <laughs> remember last time how I was like, hey, that warlock uh, is uh, Mercy? Yeah. Th this Gonna is... rewind that back. This is Mercy. <laughs> Let's go into the unity domain. All right. So you get this at first level like you do for all clerics. Uh, you get your domain here. Essentially, a sense of oneness shines at the heart of healthy communities, whether bound together by friendship, blood, faith, or some other uniting force. The gods of unity deepen such bonds and delight in their strength. Clerics of these gods preside over marriages and other familial bonding customs, but they also nurture the emotional bonds of friendship and camaraderie. Their divine blessings bolster and protect allies in battle through these deep bonds and turn aside malign influences. So, they give a few deities that would kind of be examples yeah. uh you've got eldath who's i don't even remember exactly what exactly he's a god of yeah um you've but got, they, they got they yeah. got examples they, from different areas paladine too. uh from dragonlance heimdall i guess yep, you know um athena from greek so it's like that kind of concept interesting okay so when you get this at first level you also get some new domain spells let's see at first level you get access to and this is weird shield of faith why is but clerics already get Shield of Faith. Is it at level one, though? But it you. But all clerics have access to Shield of Faith, don't they? Uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll keep reading while you look. Yeah, I'll look at a, you. Okay, you, so at first you, level, you. you get Heroism, Shield of Faith, Aid, Warding Bond for third level, fifth level, Beacon of Hope, and Sending. That's nice. Seventh level, Aura of Purity and Guardian of Faith. And ninth is Greater Restoration and Rari's Telepathic Bond. Yeah, you 100% get Shield of Faith as a cleric. And what about... level one. Yeah. So that's interesting. <sighs> oh, but you know what? The reason why is because you always have Shield of Faith prepared and it doesn't count against it. Oh, okay. That's, yeah, that's why. Fair. So it's not like you're pulling out from other spell class. There's also that benefit. <laughs> okay. Ooh, good thing I remember that. Okay. So another thing you get at first level, this is kind of really what you do. Um, it's called Emboldening Bond. 
You can forge an empowering bond between allies. As an action, you can choose two willing creatures you can see within 30 feet of you. This can include yourself. And create a magical bond between them. Oh, mm -hmm. hey, there's that tether. <laughs> While either bonded creature is within 30 feet of the other, the creature can roll a d4 and add the number rolled to an attack roll, an ability, or a saving throw. Each creature can add the d4 no more than once per turn. The bond lasts for an hour until you use this feature again. You can use this feature once, and you regain the ability to do so when you finish a long rest. You can also expend a spell slot to use the feature again. Mm -hmm. I, gotta I like say, that. Yeah, I'm really enjoying the whole expending a spell slot to be using your class features. Yeah. I think that's really neat. <laughs> um, yeah, so this is this is Mercy. Um, I yeah, like, like the constant bless. Like, it, it, don't get me wrong. The Warlock from last time is still also totally Mercy with the leashing mm -hmm. um this one it, i like i do like the fact that you can uh um entangle yourself with them or two other people mm -hmm. you don't have to always be a part oh, of yeah. it you can be completely in the back cleric you don't have to yeah. be in the in mid-range i i mean <laughs> coming from someone who constantly ends up being the mom friend this is this is good mm -hmm. i like this um at second level you get Channel Divinity, Shared Burden. I really love this domain, mm -hmm. this uh, Channel Divinity. So, you can use your Channel Divinity to protect your allies through the strength of your shared bonds. When a creature you can see within 30 feet of you takes damage, you can use your reaction to choose a number of other willing creatures you can see, up to a number of creatures equal to your Wisdom mod. Distribute the damage taken between the original target and the chosen creatures. Each creature must take at least one damage. Apply any damage resistance or vulnerability of the creatures involved after you distribute the damage. That is really cool. Mm -hmm. <laughs> hey, is your warlock getting ganged up on and they're going to die if they take more than three hit damage? All right, everybody, do your part. <laughs> that is so cool. Because <laughs> all of a sudden you can just say, okay, tank, you need to do your job here. When you're all the way over there, can you do this for me? And they'll be like, yes, thumbs up. And all of a sudden they can do their job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this probably would have been uh, really useful for... Uh, uh... <laughs> For Robert on Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> he was getting beat up so bad. Really bad. Um, so I really like this. So far, this feels like, mm, this feels like that other, like, that feeling I got last time when I did the the Twilight Cleric. Mm -hmm. this, this is that same feeling where it's like, I want to immediately make one. And I haven't even gotten through it all yet. <laughs> so at sixth level, another feature. It's called Protective Bond. The bond you forge between people shields them from harm. While either creature chooses, while either creature chosen for your emboldening bond features within 30 feet of the other, the creature can use its reaction to grant resistance to all damage to the other creature when that other creature takes damage. <laughs> yeah. So, oh, that's cool. So essentially you eat up your reaction to give them just resistance yep. to everything. That is so damn cool. And it lasts until the end of the current turn, which makes sense. Mm -hmm. So it's like, hey, is someone getting attacked by a fucking dragon? Yep. <laughs> hey, while you're getting attacked, fucking taking half damage on everything. <laughs> that is so cool. Um, at eighth level, it's potent spellcasting. Um, you add your wisdom mod to the damage you deal with any cleric cantrip. I think they've done this before with other clerics yes. before. Yeah. Well, and it uh, explains it here in the, the rule tip, which mm -hmm. uh, you want to point out. Yeah. So... Um, I wanted to point out this next bit because it was kind of like the first time I've actually seen it in a UA. It's kind of a design tip more so than like a rule heads up. Yeah. Um, it says rule tip, divine strike versus potent spellcasting. 
The Divine Domains in the Player's Handbook each gives a cleric one or two features at 8th level, either Domain Strike or Potent Spellcasting. If the clerics of a domain typically rely on weapon use, those clerics get Divine Strike. Other clerics get Potent Spellcasting. I think it's really cool that they're like, hey, are you trying to make a cleric? This is the yeah. difference here. This is what kind of sets them apart from each other. And if you're trying to match our style, this is how you could do it without you having to piece it together by yeah. yourself. I, I really do enjoy that. Yeah. Pulls back the curtain a little bit. Oh, yeah. No, it's, it's pretty neat. Um, and then 17th level feature. It's called Enduring Unity. The bonds you create endure across vast distances. Creature affected by your boldening bond feature gain its benefits, as well as those of your protective bond feature, while they are on the same plane of existence as each other. Yep. No longer the 30-foot tether is needed. Additionally, when a creature chosen for your emboldening bond is reduced to zero hit points, their bonded partner gains the following benefits for one minute, or until the creature regains at least one hit point. The creature has advantage on attack rolls, ability checks, and saving throws. The creature gains resistance to all damage. As an action, the creature can touch their bonded partner to expend and roll any number of hit dice. Their bonded partner regains a number of hit points equal to the total rolled. Holy shit, that's it. really cool. I love it. <laughs> At 17th level, like, this person can either go, like, completely power through the bad guys yeah. until someone can help them up or they can immediately just go it, over and just bring so, them back up. So this one, and it's actually kind of timely because it started today. Um, so in Destiny, there's Crimson Days, which is their Valentine's Day event. Oh. And they have a special uh, 2v2 mode mm -hmm. uh, for Crucible. If your teammate dies, you uh, get a boost of power. Oh, gosh. <laughs> and uh, you do, like, double or something damage to uh, oh, so cool. after that. And I it made me think of it. I, oh, I yeah. like it a lot. See, that's... I really like that class. I, I'm really enjoying this subclass. Yeah. It sounds, like, so up my alley. I, I can just play the hell out of this, yeah. and I would enjoy it, and I could flavor it so much. <laughs> <laughs> this, this sounds like it would be a good one if uh, Dusty were to bring Ed into 5th edition. <gasps> oh, my God, yes. Yeah, instead of, like, it being, like, a tether, like, he's just throwing roses. <laughs> yes, that would be so fun. But um, So that was the cleric. Up next, and the last one, is the sorcerer. This one I have not looked at all at, mm -hmm. but its name is very interesting. Oh, yeah. This one a lot of people are actually really intrigued about. So it's called the Clockwork Soul. You get this at first level naturally, just like every other sorcerer does. It's Clockwork Soul, a plane of utmost order. Mechanus is a realm overseen by the godlike entity called Primus whose actions are inscrutable and calculations vast. You, or someone from your lineage, might have become entangled in one of the machinations of the leader of the Modrons. Perhaps you were exposed to an artifact created by Primus, or your ancestor took part in the Great Modron March in some way. The power of Mechanus can seem strange and alien to others, but for you, it is part of a vast and glorious system that others just can't comprehend. At your option, you can pick from or roll on the manifestations of Mechanist Table to create a way your connection to the plane manifests while you are casting a spell. Oh, hey. Huh. Remember? Okay, so in the past, you ways are all like, oh, yeah, this is a really flavor-heavy, like, subclass. Yeah. And oftentimes, they would kind of just leave you hanging and saying, um, use your own flavor. Figure it out. Yeah. Here, they're like straight up, no, here are six options for you so you don't have to come up with it on the fly. And... Manifestations of Mechanus. So there's a D6 table, so you could just roll every time you cast a spell and see what happens. Or you can kind of just choose and go with that theme of it. Mm -hmm. 
There's large spectral cogwheels appear hovering behind you. The hands of a clock appear in your eyes. That one's really cool. Yeah, that's very cool. Uh, the skin glows with a golden metallic sheen. Also cool. Is, your features become unnaturally angular like geometric objects. This is anime as fuck. Mm -hmm. Your spellcasting focus takes the form of a miniature spawning stone or other creation of Primus. And the ringing of a clock can be heard by you and those affected by your magic. <laughs> All right, I like it. Your Cogsworth. Anyways, um, so Clockworth Magic is what you get at first level feature. You learn additional spells when you reach certain levels in this class, as shown on the Clockwork Spells table. Each spell counts as a sorcerer spell for you, but it doesn't count against the number of sorcerer spells you know. These spells can't be replaced when you gain a level in this class, so you will always have these spells. At first, you get Alarm and Protection from Evil and Good. Third, you get Fine Traps and Heat Metal. Fifth, you get Counter Spell and Glyph of Warding. Seventh, Arcane Eye and Autolux Resilient Sphere. That one's a tough word. And ninth, Animate Objects and Wall of Force. Interesting. Hmm. I mean, like, okay. So I I don't know too much about Mechanus. I, I, <laughs> I'll be real. Yeah. I only know so much because of the events from Idol Champion. Um, I only know <laughs> Modrons because they're adorable. They are really adorable. They're really cute. Yeah, that's, I don't. <laughs> I haven't looked into this man. He said Primus, and uh, my brain went, "Do I make a band joke or do I make a Transformers joke?" Mm. So I, I kind of got <laughs> stuck there. Um, so it's like I can't, I'm not one to say whether or not these spells feel right or not. I mean, like animate objects. That seems pretty cool. I think it. It would have been fun if animate objects, like, there were other versions of that kind of mm -hmm. spell up higher. So you can yeah. do that sooner than ninth like, level sorcerer spells. <laughs> I mean, I guess there aren't really any, like, tinkering spells, which is why the, um, oh my god, the artificer has its abilities do the tinkering, whereas the spells, not so much. Yeah. So, yeah. I, uh, uh, all right. Cool. Whatever. So... The first level's feature you get is called Restore Balance. Your connection to the plane of absolute order allows you to equalize chaotic moments. When a creature you can see within 60 feet is about to roll a d20 with advantage or disadvantage, you can use a reaction to prevent that roll from being affected by disadvantage or advantage. You can huh. use this feature a number of times equal to your charisma mod, and you regain all uses when you finish a long rest. That's really neat. You're affecting the mechanics of the game, technically. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, so it's like if someone is... Uh, invisible <laughs> you technically use your like balance rest restoration feature here to make it so that way they can still possibly hit even though they're invisible yeah like huh. flavor wise that's what you're doing that's interesting mm -hmm. i don't huh. think has anything like done affected advantage no or that, that's like before? almost like a full-on magic the gathering instant spell oh my god it is <laughs> That's actually pretty cool. It's it's really different from what usual stuff is. So yeah. I like it. Um, at sixth level, the bulwark of law. You can imbue a creature with a shimmering shield of order. As an action, you can expend one to five sorcery points to create a magical ward around yourself or another creature you can see within 30 feet. The ward lasts until you finish a long rest or until you use this feature again. The ward represents is represented by the number of d8s equal to the number of sorcery points spent to create it. When the warded creature takes damage, it can use its reaction to spend a number of those dice, roll them, and reduce the damage taken by the total of spent dice. That's cool. That's cool. It sound, it's very complicated. It is. You're giving... That's a lot 
of <laughs> it's like all right so, i'm gonna spend five spell points i'm gonna give you five d8s now when you get hit you can roll a number of those d8s and whatever you roll you take it like that's a lot of when i first saw it, i was like oh it's represented by a number of d8s i thought it was like oh so you roll the d8s and that's your shield your ward's health yeah and then whenever it gets attacked you just take away from that like temporary hit points but they actually stay no it's a little more complicated than that so that's interesting so they and they also have to use the reaction yeah I'm gonna say that that's probably that feels like a weak feature. <laughs> I'll be honest, so far I don't know where the clockwork's coming from other than the flavor. Yeah. Um well let's continue on yeah, to yeah, the yeah. to the next bit. Um it's the second that's, to last feature. Trance of order. You gain the ability to enter a state of clockwork consciousness as a bonus action. Oh, and here's your clock. Um, for the next minute, attack rolls against you can't benefit from advantage. And whenever you make an attack roll, an ability check, or a saving throw, you can treat the d20 roll of 9 or lower as 10. So you get the rogue's ability to always count your proficiency thing as 10. But however, this is just period. Any d20 roll of 9 or lower as 10. Which is nice, because at um, 14th level... If you're proficient and you're rolling a d20, you're probably going to be doing at least like 14, I think, yeah. or 13, which is really decent. And that usually is good for everybody. Um, once you use this action, you can't use it again until you finish a long rest or you spend five sorcery points to use it again. So, again, another way yeah. to possibly bring the feature back. Um, okay, so how long is it? It's for a minute. Okay, so for a minute, you can't roll lower than 10. Yeah. Eh, it's not bad. Yeah. It's this this subclass is very mechanic mechanics oriented, which I just realized. I guess I just said that out loud. <laughs> no, it's I guess, but it's still strange. Like, like it, I guess that makes sense in a meta sort of way. Yeah, that's what I mean. But, like, was that like the whole point of it? Is like it's the the finger guns. Like, you see what we did there, kind of thing. I it's guess. like let's look at the 18th level feature. It's called Clockwork Cavalcade. You summon spirits of order to restore balance around you. What is summoning spirits? Okay, sorry. As an action, you summon the spirits in a 30-foot cube originating from you. The spirits look like modrons or other constructs of your choice. The spirits are intangible and invulnerable, work fast and efficiently, and create the falling effects within the cube before vanishing. The spirits restore up to 100 hit points divided as you choose among any number of creatures of your choice in the cube. Any damaged objects entirely in the cube are repaired. And every spell of 6th level or lower ends on creatures and objects of your choice in the cube. Once you finish this action, you can't use it again until you finish a long rest or until you spend 7 sorcery points to use it again. So they were trying to make a support sorcerer, it sounds. Yeah. So uh, the, the whole affecting the mechanics part of like the game and how it's played... That's that's cute. I, I see what they were doing there. Yeah. But overall, I feel like it's not really that kind of a strong no. class, especially coming straight off of that cleric. Yeah. It's I would like, be the cleric over that one. Oh, my God. Day. Yeah. And like the, what's interesting is that this is really like the first time that they've addressed like Mechanus in general. <laughs> yeah. Like in 5e at least. Because, um, I mean, you see him on like the monster manuals and stuff like that in the books. But not really in a, in any of the adventures mm-hmm. or anything. So that's interesting. It's, it's yeah. I like the, this one, like the, the 
Bard is okay. I really like the cleric, and this one is just take it or leave it. Yeah. It's like, th- th- this is a very okay UA. Yeah. Like, uh, I'll play the bard, though. Not the bard. <laughs> well, I will play the bard. I'll play the bard. I'll be the sorcerer Mickey. I'm fine with that. <laughs> like, um, I, for me, like, the class uh, variation, uh, feature variation one was, like, one of the best UAs I've seen in a long time. Yeah. And so I think I'm still just kind of, like, coming off of that, just like, oh, that's right. They, they aren't always a winner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, on the other hand, I also kind of miss the UAs that kind of give optional play, like, rules. Yeah. yeah. Um, like, one of my favorite UAs was the Greyhawk Initiative. Because it just oh, completely yeah. introduced something, a new way to play the game that you've been playing for a while. That initiative one was really cool. Mm-hmm. It was just a little too overly complicated. Yeah. But um, uh, just pro tip, if you want to do the Greyhawk initiative, if you're playing with three people or less, it's very doable. More than three, however, it gets a little bogged down. But that's a different UA. Um, overall, yeah, I know. I agree. It's okay. It's all right. Um, I, I The only one I'm really like... No, heart racing for to play is the cleric. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but like I said before, um, I'm a support player really through and through. And that cleric is definitely the mom friend. And I'm <laughs> like, I'm here for that. <laughs> yeah. I th- That one is one that I played, but it's not like – it doesn't have me the way that other ones did. Like the the monk with the – was the way of the self. The, the astral the self? astral self, yeah. yeah. Like, I went and made one as soon as D&D Beyond oh, yeah. went up. Like, I I was so excited for it. And whereas with this one, I'm like, yeah, if I play a cleric again, maybe. It was hard to visualize the bard and the sorcerer in this one. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like the past UAs regarding the subclasses, it, they're kind of, like, reasonable to visualize and be like, oh, yeah, no, this is a thing I can I can see. Yeah. Like, like the, the astral monk. Um, or... Like the druid. The druid, too. The, the wildfire druid. Mm-hmm. I love it. Like, you can envision that flavor, right? Mm-hmm. You can envision that flavor text. And you'd be like, oh, yeah, no, I can see that, that creep oh, did, person in the Did in the I wild. tell you that um, in the Vernus game, uh, my, one of my players is playing the Swarm Ranger? <gasps> yes. Yeah, so oh, that's I, awesome. Yeah, I'm, I'm very excited about that. I told her about it. She's like, that, that's awesome. I want that. Oh, that's so cool. That makes sense now with yeah. what you said earlier. That's yeah. cool. Um, but these ones are getting almost, like, into, like, Con, like theory concepts yeah as opposed to like trope concepts which are a little bit more difficult to visualize i mm-hmm. feel um but overall i like yeah i can't say it more uh, <laughs> i like the cleric <laughs> all right well let's move over to our uh dm's guild spotlight mm-hmm. uh which is another one for charity yeah uh so uh wizards of the coast has put out one grung above I said it. Yes, that was good. <laughs> I did it. For um, context, try saying one grung a lot, and it's it's tough. You just one grung above. Like, say that five <laughs> times. Um, and so this, I'll, I'll just read off what this says. From the depths of the jungles of Chult, they're here. Uh, what, summaries? What? Oh my, summaries of the characters from the uh, new Twitch stream game uh, in all their glory, plus the original unofficial grung traits used to create them. Uh, all monies uh, that wizards would receive for the sale of this product are being donated to Extra Life, so grung it up and get yours now. <laughs> so this lets you play as a grung. Yeah, um, and what's neat is that you could also go through D&D Beyond, um, and you can just straight up buy the grung race and play just that. You don't have to get the supplement or anything like that. And it still goes to charity there, I believe, yep. right? Yeah. Yep, it does. 
So, uh, yeah, uh, I, again, I love when they do these things where it's like get something and donate to charity. Um, Wizards has done really good oh, with yeah. the people that they donate to. And again, it's Extra Life. You know how much we freaking love them. So, so good. <laughs> uh, yeah, and it's four ninety nine. Get a race. Donate to uh, some good people and uh, make it. I, I, play I, the frog you want to I be. I want to play the frog you want to be. <laughs> that, that, you know what? That's uh, that's that's uh, their new tagline. <laughs> Forget read the table. Be the grung you want to be. Um, also, I'm, I'm gonna read this real quick just in case, like you know, you have don't know what Extra Life is. It just has a quick thing about it. Extra Life unites thousands of gamers around the world to play games in support of their local Children's Miracle Network hospital. Since its inception in 2008, Extra Life has raised more than $30 million for sick and injured kids. Sign up today and dedicate a day of play for kids in your community. Mm-hmm. So go get a grung, help out some kids, be good people. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's talk about player romance. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, in case you haven't been paying too much attention to my... Um previously ons i guess <laughs> when we talk about my wednesday game uh, also happy valentine's day yeah, happy valentine's day um so one of my players is two of my players are in a in character romance so that means out of character they are not in a romance <laughs> in fact one of them is my lovely boyfriend spencer and the other one is my roommate who got married last year. <laughs> yeah, this, I, I'll be honest, this fucks with me. <laughs> <laughs> so their characters are together. Um, and it's really cute and how it goes and everything like that. And Taylor's adorable when she's like, oh, yeah, no, I'm taking him back and we're, we're banging. <laughs> Jesus. And Spencer's just like, okay. <laughs> and it's just like hilarious. But um, recently there was that, what was it, TikTok where it's like, the player oh, romance yeah. and it's like the person who's actually in the relationship is just eating a bag of chips oh, that's God. me i, I I'm can't remember her name right now but i love her i'm yes. gonna retweet her later on the account because it's so good <laughs> so let, let, let let's let's start this off here yeah you are good at handling in-game <laughs> romance i yeah. am not yeah you're I, not no no the only time I've been good at it, I realized, was with Wiz in Strahd when she started <laughs> yeah. dating the Shatterkai. But what I realized, the reason I was good with it is because I didn't do anything with it. No. I just let her do everything. I'm oh, like, yeah. are you with Are you with the Shatterkai? She's like, oh, yeah, I'm with them. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I'm just like, okay, cool. That's all I did. Mm-hmm. I, and and all, all the, the humor and everything came from her and what she said they were doing. Yeah. So, yeah, I, like, I... Like the one time I remember specifically was actually with you. Oh, <laughs> um, when it was in Tyranny of Dragons, and you guys were at a tavern, and you were like, "Oh, I'm gonna start hitting on one of the guys at the bar," and I'm like, "Okay, well, I am not role playing that with my <laughs> sister in law, which is weird. So you can do whatever you want to do." <laughs> I forgot and, and about you, that. And you sat there quietly and you went, "Yeah, we banged." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that that, yeah so hilarious yeah so yeah i'm not very good with it because i i i I don't know Mm -hmm. what what like you your boyfriend (laughs) character is with i don't know for me that's weird okay so let me let me start this off with um taylor so she essentially was playing a character that she wasn't having fun with and so she swapped characters and when I took her aside and asked her, like, so they were like, okay, well, give me at least like a quick rundown about like your character's motivations. Mm-hmm. She's like, okay, um, I'm trying to be my own person. Also, uh, I'm 
me as a player, I really want to try to do a romance thing. Yeah, she she was telling me um, Sunday that like she's like uh, you know she calls herself a hopeless romantic and stuff like that. Yeah. She loves doing that kind of stuff in story. And so I'm like, all right, so I think we can do that. And like looking at all of our players, I think the person that can really play with it the best would probably be Spencer. And she's like, yeah, I could do that. I'm like, well, that's super easy. This guy has a fucking golden breastplate on. He's got this magnificent purple cloak behind him, and he's just like on stage, literally being awarded by the king. Yeah, that's a man you can fall into. (laughs) (laughs) And so she's like, yeah, I can work with that. And so she came to me beforehand asking as a player, hey, is it cool if we like try to do a romance thing in your game? And I got to say, that was really nice. (laughs) Because imagine like for you, Trevor, like if someone came up to you and asked and you knowing yourself and how you don't really enjoy pursuing that it's Mm. like you could be honest with them and tell them then yeah and so like we've been over this before communication is huge yeah especially when you're coming with character concepts that you haven't discussed previously like talk to your dm and be like hey you know it's like i'm really into like the role-playing aspect of this role-playing game Mm -hmm. would it be cool if i tried to either like with an npc that we create or maybe you can come up with something it's like but i would like to have that for my Mm -hmm. game and the dm usually who should be able to either say yes or i'm not sure about that yeah. no but it's always really important to talk about it before oh absolutely so yeah kudos to taylor for coming up to me just not even i didn't even ask her to she just did that but i also love how you were just like you should do that you should do that with my boyfriend <laughs> like that was just like yeah. I, naturally I, I did talk to spencer too yeah. before the next session and be like hey just as a heads up and he's all like oh yeah no i could totally do that <laughs> That's the, i like i i like i'm putting me and Tara at that table and thinking about it, I'm like, yeah, either way there, I don't think we would be cool with that. <laughs> like, it, it, no matter who was on what side of that, I was just like, yeah, it's weird. Let's not do that. <laughs> yeah, and then in our Pathfinder game, funny enough, you and Tara are playing a married couple. Yes, we are. And, and, and that one, I for me, like, that's not a stretch because, like, we're married. You're married. Yeah. <laughs> you're so, married and you're playing a married couple. And, and we had talked about wanting to do two characters like that for a really long time. Mm-hmm. And so uh, Wiz was really cool and, you know, accommodated that and made it so that we had you know, a place and everything. So, yeah, that one I, I really do like. And me saying... I don't it makes it makes it weird for me is not saying like I wouldn't really give it a shot, especially if there was a good story to be yeah. told there. Um, I think that would be uh, I, I think cool stories could come out of it because uh, like like Wiz, she was you know, the shattered guy was like her goth boyfriend. Yeah. <laughs> and he, it was so freaking hilarious and cute. And that's one thing that everybody remembers from that game of gothic horror and terribleness. Yeah. And a player betraying everyone like that. That's one of the <laughs> that's one of the happy memories they have. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I, I don't know. Like, so I guess for me, like, what does that entail in the game? Like, they're in a relationship, their yeah. characters are. What does that entail in the game? So, it all boils down to character development. Just like in real life, if you're in a relationship, you're, you're, you tend to shift from that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, in the game, their characters, they kind of, like, fell into each other. Um, and because of that, like, they're really 
have adjusted their views. So it's like Twyla used to be like, oh, yeah, if there's trouble, I'm getting out of there. Mm -hmm. But now she waits to see if Roland will be fine. Oh, interesting. Yeah. She says, oh, no, if there's trouble, I'm teleporting out. But every time she doesn't. And she keeps saying at the table, like, uh, what's 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 Roland doing? She looks at Spencer and Spencer's like, I'm going to do something stupid. And she's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> and every time Spencer does something like way out of left field, like she just gives him a look like you <laughs> have some self like <laughs> want to live. And so it's like they have like meaningful in character talks afterwards saying, you're free to do these heroic things, but keep in mind, this worries me. <laughs> like, have they been, like, on a date or something? Yeah, it was really cute. Really? Yeah, Saphir uh, and <laughs> Bertram helped hook him up because both Saphir and Bertram have been married. And they're like, and Roland is the little orphan boy that doesn't know how to socialize. Mm -hmm. And here's Twyla, who's literally an 11 um, because <laughs> her class deems it so. Um, and so they're like, yeah, we gotta, we gotta get you to figure out how to do a date. <laughs> well, like I, now that I, I thought about, it, like I did remember one other time is in um, Dragon Heist. Mm -hmm. um, oh yeah, Alex's character Herc was going after Yagra, and but the thing was is that like that was never really. I guess like the romance of it wasn't really a thing because it ended up being like either trying to get more information about something or it was like a comedic scene. Yeah. Like the time that he went on a date with her and then Christy and St. James snuck in after <laughs> them and pretended to be the owners of the restaurant. <laughs> and like it just, it turned into more of like a hilarious sketch mm -hmm. than an actual like romance scene. Yeah. Like, would you say that like there's been a romance scene between them? Yeah, I would say, um, also, again, because I can't say it enough, kudos to Taylor. Uh, <laughs> she is an actress. Like, she's been in plays. Yeah. She was a theater kid when we were in high school. And, like, she really knows how to not just do role play, but to act. Mm -hmm. And Spencer, he's a really good reactor. <laughs> <laughs> and he's also really good at coming up with stuff, too. Like, with just a little bit of a push, it's like he can do get really into the character. And so after they planned that date, uh, Taylor told me it's like oh wait, I have a plan for him that'll make him that'll really get everyone to say oh and it's like okay okay cool we'll, we'll see what happens so everyone knew that what the plan of the date was even Taylor because she was there when they were in character planning it mm -hmm. and so Roland the character was being all super sweet and doing things that Twilight might like and like going to ritzy places and showing her the going shopping with her and then at the end Twilight's like want to just go home and he's like sure and so she's like instead of going like relaxing she's like no let's go to the basement roland's workshop is in the basement mm -hmm. he's an artificer and so she sat down at his workshop table and's like i want to build something with you <laughs> and they built a small trinket bird that it's a clockwork bird that they built together and so that was like twyla's that was taylor slash twyla's idea to do that and it was a really romantic moment where it's like they wound it up and they played it and then they just kind of like hugged each other and it was like they really kind of understand each other and it was a really neat character moment yeah um that you wouldn't get through adventure <laughs> yeah well i like okay interesting mm -hmm. yeah because like, like i you 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 tell me which is like i like it it's a good scene but the, like at the same time like 
What's everyone else doing during this? <laughs> you know what they're doing? Hmm. They have their hands just on their cheeks <laughs> and they're just looking at it like in such like, oh my God. They're like so, they're, they're so happy for him because... Maybe That's my group thing. is just so full of ADD <laughs> that I can't do that. <laughs> That's the thing. In my group, we've kind of come like across the, the census of like, we're all trying to tell the story. Mm-hmm. Like this is the coolest medium where you're both the writer and the consumer of this story that we're all doing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so whenever there's like a moment between two specific characters, people watch and listen. Hmm. And because like, that's kind of the scene that's set up. Yeah. Um, take the, we're a very role-play heavy group because of this. Yeah. Um, but it tends to work out really well. And these romantic scenes too have been pretty awesome. Like <laughs> I actually am planning to do one eventually because Bertram just met back up with his wife. Oh, okay. Um, I've had touching moments with Bertram and his kids where it's like, it's like, oh, it's your boy. He's learning how to be a paladin. He's taking after you. And it's like, oh, it's your daughter. She, She's a sorcerer, just like you and your mom, God forbid. <laughs> and it's like, and he's seeing them grow up. And it's like, oh, that impacted Bertram. But then he saw Bertram his wife. This. Yeah. And Bertram <laughs> sees his wife. But it was immediately into trouble. Like, we have to save this kind of situation. Yeah. But they finally are in the cool down moment where Bertram will be able to address, like, I haven't seen you in forever and we'll probably do something with that or not. It depends on how Marcos wants to play it because he is the player. And if he doesn't want to do something, I'm not going to force him into a romantic scene or anything like that. That would just be really rude and awkward. Mm -hmm. Be like, you're a love domain clerk. Yeah. Um, Okay. I like, I guess it's, it's more just like if it fits the group. Cause like, yeah, I'm thinking about my groups. I'm like, yeah, I don't think they'd ever do that. Exactly. Like read the table. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah yeah good good um, it's like i've heard that somewhere before um and it should be on a shirt <laughs> we should at some point we really got to so rom- player character romances can be really fun mm-hmm. um and it really depends on your dm on if especially if you find yourself in a group that doesn't really want to do the role-playing stuff then you're probably gonna have to table it because it's like uh, you're not going to be able to really like like you were mentioning seeing the scene unfold yeah it's like what are, what's the rest of the group going to do if they're an action oriented group when you're trying to do role play um and so like we've honestly had people in our group and be like eh, this isn't for me and so like they switch groups and so mm-hmm. it's like oh yeah well there you go yeah so reading the table itself is the most important thing regarding the romance aspect of D. Uh, by the way, I am not talking at all about, like, you know, the trope of the bard just romancing everything. Oh, you want to go into that real quick? Yeah, we should. Cause don't do that. Yeah, don't do that. Stop it. Please. Look at yourself. Yeah. <laughs> Pick yourself up. <laughs> <laughs> like, we're talking about, like, Trevor, especially like, not enjoying tw- that. Especially if you're a 12-year-old at oh, a God, bookstore please, stop. <laughs> who keeps trying to seduce everything. Stop it. Oh, my God. I remember. It's all coming back to me now. Stop it. Okay, that, so, that happens so much at the bookstore. <laughs> yeah, like, and, and, and yeah, like, you know, I I have said I'm uh, at, at the table, like, don't get me wrong, I like romance, I like rom-coms, mm-hmm. I, Holiday's a good movie, um, <laughs> <laughs> and, um, 
But like, yeah, when I have a player that's like, I am the bud, and I am doing the persuasion, everything, and trying to get into the bed. I don't know where I'm from with this accent. Um, <laughs> Kent man. I'm from Kent man. That's a that is a that's one for you, Eddie Izzard joke jokes <laughs> out there. Um, it's it's like, okay, but like, why? Yeah, because it just puts the DM in an awkward position that they, like, 98% didn't sign up for. Yeah. Um, and if they did sign up for that, then I guess you knew that ahead of time and were oh, playing yeah, to no. it. Like, I, I guess that's the kind of thing. It's just like, hey, um, my, I'm, I'm going to do the stereotypical bard that's, like, wanting to fuck everything. And, you know, tell your DM that, and maybe they'll be like, hey, just put that flavor-wise. Don't make me do it because that's uncomfortable for me, and yeah. I don't want to. Please don't ask the DM to roll to see if there's, like, any hot people in the bar. Oh, my God. I can't tell you how many times I've done that before. What? Yeah. yeah. No. Yeah, no. Uh, we that It's been a long time, but, yeah, that oh used to gosh. be a thing. Yeah, no, don't do not do that. Yeah. Like, like I, again, I, I, like, going back to Wiz, I love the way that happened. I introduced this character mm-hmm. just as a way to introduce the Shatter Kai to you guys. Yep. By the way, people that are running Curse of Strahd are really confused that I'm talking about Shatter Kai. <laughs> While in yeah. Curse of Strahd, go back and listen to our uh, our Curse of Strahd review. Yeah, it gets explained there. So I just threw that character as a way to introduce them, and then literally like three sessions later, Wiz was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna tr- I- I- I'm gonna try and uh, sweet talk the the, yeah. the elf dude." And I was just like, "Okay, just roll charisma checks." Yeah. And I was like, "You know, you guys are having a good report." And then I just let her have it. Yeah, I mean, like. If you're the type of DM that is uncomfortable, using charisma as a mechanic is like a godsend yeah. because you can and not, you don't have to role play it out. And not persuasion. Oh, that makes God, it no. sound so creepy. <laughs> I'm trying to persuade you to do the thing and the, no. with the accent. <laughs> no. Yeah, it, it's just, I don't like that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. It, and it, it's like, hey, if that's what you want to do, it's what you want to do. But again, talk about it. Yeah. Um, but uh, again, I'm not saying at all that romance doesn't have a place at the table. I think it can be really cool and really interesting. Mm-hmm. I like Tara and mine's character were married. I don't know if that's ever going to do anything. That's just <laughs> something that we wanted to do. Yeah. We, uh, so you know, it might do story, it might not, but whatever. So yeah, may, may, like, I, I don't know. I think, I don't think I'm ever going to be like, Hey, what if your character was in a relationship? I'm I'm gonna if a player ever comes to me about it, I after this talk, I will be more open to talking to them mm-hmm. about it. Um, yeah. Just not with my wife. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> I can't help you if you're like, oh, I'm the DM and my boyfriend is playing, and another player wants to like be dating char- his character. I can't help you with feeling better about that because yeah, that's just no, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. just how no, I, I am. I got you. I'm 100% comfortable with that. And I'm like, and I, I know both of them have great intentions and no oh, bad yeah, no. intentions. Don't get me wrong. I am not at all speaking ill Spencer. Or I know. Other. I'm yeah. just saying like, if you feel like paranoid about that, I can't help you with that. Yeah, it, it, I have it, no advice. It's, and it's not paranoid. Like, I don't think it's just like, oh, they're going to find some kind of, I, we're married. I know. <laughs> like, like, it's more of just like, I don't know. I'm just imagining, though, like, the people that are dating. Like, they're dating for, like, four months, and they're mm. playing D&D. Oh, no. Those people. 
I have no advice for those guys. I yeah. have no advice on how to make you more comfortable with that if you're not already. Well, I'm also thinking of like the uh, the group that is just like we've been in a relationship for three weeks and our characters are together. <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, hey, maybe give it a little bit longer. Because <laughs> all of a sudden it's like, are you gonna save their life? No, I'm gonna keep attacking. And then just the side eye look. Yeah, it's just like, well, <laughs> this has now turned into a couple session of therapy um <laughs> but yeah no like yeah if you guys have been dating for a little bit and it's just like my character's gonna have a romance with this person it's like yeah that, I, I don't know what to tell you on that one that yeah. one yeah if I you're if you're uncomfortable with it like honestly again communication is huge Indeed. just straight up talk to them if it makes you that uncomfortable be like hey guys i don't know what exactly it is about it yeah if you don't know if you do know why that that's your own problem to figure out yeah. um and just be like, I don't know exactly why, but it's making me uncomfortable. Is it cool if we like switch gears and not go down that path of story? <laughs> Hopefully, if they're good people and friends, they'll be like, yeah, sure. Yeah. We can we can do something else. But I think that's all I can say about it. Yeah, I, th- I, think, that was, I think that was a good conversation. I, I like that one. Yeah. It, yeah. I, at the end of it, I'm more open to the idea mm-hmm. of it. So we'll, we'll see yeah. what I, happens with that. I love Spencer and I love Taylor and I love their characters, Twilight and Roland, together. <laughs> and I love that their characters love them. Yes. <laughs> and so everything just about it makes me so happy. And if you, like, like Trevor was saying, if you're ever like on the fence about allowing romance in your game, give it a shot if you're on the fence yeah again like i'm i don't think i you should ever be like don't do it but yeah. like you know talk about it communicate oh, yeah. again all right let's uh let's go over into our listener question mm-hmm. uh which is from dallas hey dallas uh so uh dallas uh you know that says some nice things about us <laughs> thank you dallas uh but he says so my question uh, I'm running my first dragon this week, and half of my players are first-time players. Uh, I was wondering uh, what your first dragon experience was like as a player and running one as a DM. Uh, anything memorable that blew your mind? Uh, any tips to make it more memorable for my players? Thanks. Love you. So, I only barely remember my first <laughs> dragon encounter as a player, um, but that's mostly because I think think it was like in fourth edition it was probably in fourth edition um and i gotta tell you it was not fun (laughs) it was very mechanic heavy we didn't really say anything that was actually happening it was just are you making the numbers less squares i'm gonna use uh the smite and then it's gonna do this much essentially it came down to the players are telling the dm to subtract numbers from a number yeah that's all it came down to and it wasn't fun and when it finished we were all just tired of the encounter because it took four hours and we're like we're done that's all i remember really from it um so pro tip don't do that um (laughs) don't play fourth edition kids (laughs) um however i remember the first time i ran a D &D, like a dungeon and dragon dragon part of the the D game and it was it was really neat yeah um the players did stuff i did not expect um, the dragon ended up doing things that I was not prepared for because I'm me and I don't read fully the stat block. Mm-hmm. Um, and players ended up because they're like just trying to take it down in the coolest way possible. They ended up like doing a lot of cool stuff and they're like jumping on the back. They're misty stepping above it. They're like bringing it down and they're like doing a lot of really cool stuff that you like you see in Skyrim or like in other big video games or mo- like movies. Mm-hmm. And it's like pretty much at that point during the dragon fight, it was less about numbers and more about just saying, what do you want to do here? And they tell me, and then we just figure it out. (laughs) And it became a really cool cinematic moment. Nice. Yeah. 
Um, my first time with a dragon uh, was in fourth edition, <laughs> ah. <laughs> uh, DMing it, and um, yeah, I built a whole dungeon around them finding it, and it was protecting the thing that they needed. And looking back on it, it was a very poorly designed dungeon and <laughs> encounter and all that stuff. <clears throat> um, but it was fun because my players were low level, mm-hmm. and it was it was a young red dragon but i made it look bigger mm-hmm. and they were like oh my god ah! and they fought it and it, they they had fun yeah it was a fun encounter we we ran there was one of those times where we ran a whole dungeon in one day it was a six hour long session Ooh. maybe a little bit longer mm-hmm. um which for fourth edition is quite quick um but the first time i encountered one as a player was in pathfinder oh okay uh, when tara was running it Oh. We actually started with the starter kit, and a and a black dragon appears there, and Paizo being Paizo gives you the option of being an idiot or <laughs> being smart. I was smart, and it was like, nope, no, no, nope, nope, we're nope, nope. <laughs> we are not go- prepared. We are going, nope, not Yay. that. You see that way? Nope. We're going back <laughs> this way. Um, and... So yeah, the, the the fear of the dragon was real there and I was like, no no no. <laughs> but uh as far as like making a dragon fight memorable, um and for tips, I will again direct you to Keith Amon's book, uh The oh, Monsters yeah. Know What They're Doing. Um again, it's a really fun little book to read. It's not little at all. Uh it's a fun book to read to get an idea of what creatures can mm-hmm. can do. Yeah. I'm not saying just, you know, murderize your like, characters. Use it as a script, no. Yeah, <laughs> um, but it, it, it gives you some really cool ideas and reminds you of things that you may have been overlooking in their stat block like I do a lot. Oh, yeah. um, but, <laughs> man, uh, as far as, like, a memorable one, like, the one that stands out in my mind is Tyranny of Dragons. One of them that I put in there where the blue dragon from the beginning was going to fuck you guys up and then <laughs> the silver dragon that ended up later being your ally came in and fought it. Oh yeah, one of the coolest dragon moments was us literally on the back of dragons oh, fighting yeah. other dragons. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That was such a cool just moment. <laughs> I, I, I know someone did the never ending story. Yeah. Oh, Eric. But, yeah, it was, it probably was. <laughs> um but like yeah, like I I made dragons cool quote-unquote because dragons are cool oh yeah um with their attitude their the the voice that i'll do for them and they probably all sound the same um and their the way that they move and the way that they do things and i do let them be a little bit smarter mm-hmm. than most of the stuff that i have because they are smart um they're freaking old dragons yeah they've um, lived to that point yeah and, but it, it it's always a good Thing to do with reminding your characters that this is a dragon it is terrifying don't think that it's just the next creature yeah um i mean one breath attack weapon will breath weapon attack you know what i meant that 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 will get them to be like all right well shit <laughs> <laughs> that can wipe out a whole party yeah, yeah. and um so yeah it, it it comes down to the way that you have them because like I don't quite play them like Smaug because that scene in The Hobbit is really good because of how the story is told. Yeah. That in Dungeons and Dragons doesn't work as well 
because it's just a dragon going grrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrr